Welcome to Wellness Connections with the Solutions Group, a passionate team of health and wellness experts that believe every workplace and every community can be a wellness avenue for positive change in the physical and emotional health of individuals. Our experience in workplace wellness inspired us to bring this passion and knowledge to the podcast stage. Sharing real-world stories and science-based practices, your wellness is an ongoing act of creation and we hope to inspire you on that adventure. Hello, welcome back to the Wellness Connections podcast with the Solutions Group. This is Anna, and today we have our brand new host, Paige Kanukin. Thanks, Anna. I'm excited to be here as a host. You and Shane and Stephanie interviewed me back in November, so it's fun to be on the other side of things. Thanks for having me, and I'm excited to speak with Heidi today. Yeah, thanks, Paige. So, Paige, can you give our listeners just a little bit of background about you? Sure. So, I joined the Solutions Group back in early October, and my background is exercise science as well as human nutrition and functional medicine. So, now I'm a program manager with the team, so rolling out all kinds of programs that have to do with physical well-being, nutrition, as well as social connections and mental health. Nice. Well, we've enjoyed having you as a new team member and now a member of the podcast team. So thanks, Paige. So with us today, our guest is Heidi V. Hill. So I'm going to give a little bit of background about Heidi and then we'll dive into our topic. So Heidi is an experienced health coach specializing in fitness, Pilates, running, stress management, and family health, and has been working in the field of health and wellness for over 30 years. Heidi is committed to creating an energetic, encouraging, and results-oriented environment for her participants. Heidi completed her master's in community health education at UNM, and she is both a certified fitness instructor and a certified club Pilates teacher. So welcome, Heidi, to today's episode. We're excited to be chatting with you today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to be here for you and to share information that might be super important for people just to think about, and maybe it'll help them on their wellness journey. Yeah. So today's that takes us to today's topic. I mean, really what we're interviewing Heidi about, because she has such a length of experience being a health coach, and she's currently, you know, does health coaching, working with clients. And so we really wanted to get her understanding and expertise and wisdom around how COVID over the last 14 months has impacted people's behaviors, health behaviors, and ultimately their physical and mental well-being. And now that maybe things are starting to return to, you know, maybe a re- re-entry of um, back to work and school and routine, how to help people get unstuck from maybe some of those behaviors that formed over, you know, since the start of the pandemic. So that's what we're going to be chatting with Heidi about. So Heidi, one question that we ask every single person that we have on our podcast to kind of get a, an understanding of kind of your um, history and just get to know you a little bit better is, who or what has been your biggest inspiration around wellness? Well, I would say that um, I grew up in the Illinois area. And um, when I had graduated from college, I had a psychology major. And so I was like, let me help people think. And unfortunately, if you don't go into research, there isn't much out there at the time that I graduated. So I started thinking about my passion about just moving your body. So I created a little program called Just Move, and I 
probably was stealing a little bit from Nike, but it's okay because they're like, just do it. So I said, just move. And I actually got a lady in downtown Chicago to say, why don't you come down and show us how to get more movement in our day? So I would go from the suburbs to downtown, try and find a parking spot, go around the block 50 times, finally get into the building. And I met with this lady and it was such a great experience to encourage her office staff to get more movement in their day. And so I left there thinking, how more, how much more can I do for myself? Well, I ended up doing some research in the Wellness Councils of America, and I found um, somebody to contact down here at Sandia Labs. And so at Sandia Labs, this um, the person I contacted there, she said, hey, if you get into graduate school, we'll hire you. And I thought to myself, why not? So I came down to Albuquerque, went to UNM for graduate school and started an internship and school setting opportunity at Sandia Labs. And from there, I just kind of kept kept rocketing up and making it something that's just really passionate for me. I truly believe that movement, good eating, healthy, healthy behavior towards things, positive attitude and good sleep are so important to making your life um, very um, fruitful, very um, just empowering. So just want to share that with other people. So that's how it started. That's such a cool story, Heidi, because it sounds like you're an early adapter of corporate wellness. I think that was back before a lot of um, you know corporate settings or business settings even thought about doing something like that. So you were definitely ahead of the curve. And since you've been in this space for a while and have been such an expert, has COVID been the biggest disruptor you've seen to wellness programming in your career? I would say it was a huge, devastating slap, you know, basically it said stop everything. And it was very challenging because even with friends that are out here in the, in the community here that are advocates for fitness and wellness and everything, we all felt like, what do you mean we're supposed to stop when wellness is the only way we keep going? So it was really a place of how can I become more creative? How can I still find the motivation? How can I stop the negative atmosphere around me and hear all this stuff? that says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, when all you want to do is do more of it. So I would say COVID has been the biggest challenge in my 30 years career of how do you, how do you manage your thoughts? How do you manage your attitude? How do you actually get out and produce something that is successful in a way that all of a sudden restrictions are super difficult to get around. So yeah, it's, it's been a challenge in creativity. That's for sure. Well, I know when you say that it actually makes me also think about some articles that I've read about how we know that some of the biggest impact, most impactful things that a human being can do in order to prevent like serious complications, specifically around COVID are the very wellness practices that you're passionate about. It's the sleep, it's the nutrition, it's the movement. But if you were as a professional really restricted from being able to, you know, that wasn't emphasized maybe as much as it could have been in all of the different, you know, uh, ways of handling, you know, um, helping people through the pandemic. And so what I'd like to understand is kind of what were those themes and trends 
um, that you observed in your people that you coach in terms of how COVID impacted their behaviors and then how it impacted their physical and their mental health? Okay. So many, um, many people were so startled by the situation that devastation pretty much alludes to the idea that you're just going to feel negative. And so negative emotions just promote negative behavior. And so knowing that more people are feeling negative, typically we start falling into behavior patterns that are just more comfort. And so we're really trying to figure out how am I going to manage my emotions, but you're so just stunned that you just want to numb yourself from what's out there. So lots of times we would find ourselves eating more, drinking more. Um, we would find ourselves sleeping more. Um, we got the invitation to watch all of our Netflix series in 30 hours or less, but we really had 14 months and didn't realize that. So we would really just, um, at the beginning, it, it became more of a, like, I don't know what to do with myself and I don't know what I can do. So I'm just going to just be like a deer in headlights and just and just kind of exist and not really think about what's important to me so much. So, you know, if we were bored, we would eat. If we were feeling negative, we might eat. If we were feeling frustrated, and frustration is huge because the information system was such that your your workplace, your family, your news people, your community all had different ideas about what should be done and then what should continue to be done. And so you just never really knew where to go with your thoughts. So you just felt like pummeled. It was like a big old snowball getting thrown at you. And so um, so the thing is, is that you really found that maybe I just stopped doing what was important to me. And then you would find weight gain because you would eat more. So the American um, Psychological Association actually did a report that of the people that answered their, their um, research, 42% of the adults gained weight. And of those, most gained 29 pounds, but one out of 10 gained 50 pounds. So that weight gain came on pretty quick because that's a lot of weight to gain within even six months, but it has been 14 months, but this report was done earlier by March. So within a year's time. So yeah, so people took on to that and, and they realized that because they couldn't go to gyms, they couldn't really, if they wanted to be outside, they had to be masked. And if that felt uncomfortable, then they wouldn't do it. So they found many things to just stop the behavior that typically would help them feel healthier. That's such a good point because you spoke to how at the beginning it was almost the shock factor and everything was at a standstill. And maybe some of us thought it would just be a few weeks of living that way. So we went to those comforting habits like um, eating our comfort foods or sitting on the couch or watching old TV shows that made us feel good. But as we learned that the pandemic was going on and on and there was no definite end date, I think that motivation was a huge factor because when people are physically active and eat well, usually there's some type of motivation, whether it's a social connection of getting out and moving with other people, or they have a race that they signed up for, or maybe it's just an aesthetic goal where they want to look a certain way and that all disappeared. So is that a common theme that you saw in your coaching clients? I did see that, um, you know, many people didn't have to get dressed. So their pajamas were the 
uh, in thing to wear. As soon as you roll out of bed, you basically maybe had your desk right there in your bedroom. So the amount of movement reduced immensely. And then the type of chair, the type of setup that their, um, that their um, desk was maybe wasn't ergonomically correct. So they sat in poor posture. They didn't move as much. And um, it was just, um, they just felt so just distraught that, you know, they would just go eat anything. It didn't matter. And then eventually eating out wasn't really an option. So they would get it just to go. And then they found out that they could order it and it could be delivered, including groceries. And pretty soon the grocery list was such that it was so much easier to pick things that came from boxes and bags because they didn't know how long they needed to be in the situation of not going out. So they wanted something preserved. Why? So preservative filled. And, um, and then they didn't, they just got so used to it that pretty much after about six weeks of practicing that type of behavior, that can become something pretty normal. So then all of a sudden the normal changed to that's just what I eat now. That's just what I do because this is just how I get through my day. So they, it's like they just really fed into it as opposed to trying to reject it and say, no, there's got to be a better way. They just kind of collapsed into COVID and said, you know, I'm just going to keep doing this because COVID made me do this. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're speaking to is though, you know, the way I see that is like, if those people who were listening, it was like, normalize this, like that's normal, that that's how you responded to the pandemic. Cause it was just a shock to everybody's system. Um, and so now that we're seeing this kind of maybe, you know, re-entry for some people or just the the busyness of people's schedules. Like even for me, I have two sons and they started going back to sports and I started having a little bit busier just overall between their stuff and their schooling and getting them to school and commuting. I've been noticing that it's feeling a little bit like, oh gosh, I got so used to this kind of having to quarantine and be indoors more and now it's getting busy. And so for people who have this new norm of behavior and way of eating and lack of movement, what do you think is really at the, the root? I know you talked about emotions, but what do you think is at the root of like, um, from a perspective of helping them make changes or to get unstuck? What's that root of what's causing those behaviors? And what are some things that you do, like strategies you do as a coach to help them kind of start shifting that mindset? Well, many of my clients have talked a lot about just feeling trapped. So maybe that would be the root of just like, they just don't know what to do because they just feel so trapped. And then they've gotten misleading information. And it's not necessarily misleading. It's in that moment, that time, that's where decisions being made. And then other things happen. So now a different decision needs to be made and the inability to move through those decisions um, because of our inability to be more in a community environment seemed more surprising hearing it when we're sitting at home waiting for something. So that that lag in information from either your company or the community or the science world, you know, whatever's going on. And then the fear of getting COVID, you know, was just so, so huge that we developed a certain opinion about certain things. So you got to realize that change is not something that just happens. You have to kind of think about it for a while. You've got to decide what's serving me, what's 
from the behaviors that I'm doing now, how is that helping me be the person I want to be? And my encouragement is that I'm not an expert for you as your health coach. I'm an expert in myself. And what I want to encourage you to do is become the expert for yourself by things that I've learned from just seeing experience over time. So um, the thing is, is that when you decide to make some sort of a change, you got to give yourself a lot of latitude in knowing that you're going to try something and maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. And the maybe it works, then if it's repeatable behavior, you're like, you know what, I kind of liked how that felt. So now what you're going to do is you're going to get out of that situation that you feel right now by associating a good feeling to the behavior that you're starting to try. And when that good feeling comes, you're like, you know, I could do this again. I really liked it. I'm looking forward to this. I really like how my attitude is towards something. I really liked how that flowed for me. I liked how my kids responded to this. And so then when you start associating a positive feeling from something, you want to you want to repeat it. And so then it keeps snowballing and then you create a more positive environment and that snowballs. And then all of a sudden you realize that, you know what you just did? You said, hey, I made a decision. I stopped the bus. I'm telling it, you know, I'm done with this COVID feeling of feeling trapped and frustrated. I'm going to start feeling more empowered because I'm still going to be the expert for me. I know how I tick, how I think how my body works, how my mind works. And if I can do these things every day that make me tick, then I can build this great foundation to withstand whatever comes back at me. So my encouragement to my clients is that you have to become the expert to yourself. And then what we need to do is talk about experiences. What's going on with you right now? Many people report, well, I went out for a walk and I used to just walk to the mailbox. But now I'm walking all the way down the street and coming back because I just like being outside. I have this renewed feeling that I can go back to my computer and have a more productive um, afternoon. I'm enjoying family meals. I sit down with four people. I don't sit down at the TV and and still eat my dinner and things like that. I actually have four people in the house because we didn't go anywhere. And we're sitting and we're enjoying so what I try to do is pull out, well, what you did is you got up out of bed, you got into your workspace, you did something and show them that those are positive movements towards taking care of your needs and your basic need of getting paid from work, feeling um, maybe the um, challenge of work, and then also that social engagement that you have with your family, or maybe we created this wonderful feeling of um of contentment with Zooming. Zooming was huge. All of a sudden we have Zoom parties, Zoom happy hours and things. So we started to become really creative in getting some social connection with people. And so by doing that, then we're starting to say, you know, I've had enough of COVID. I'm going to take on personal responsibility for myself and I'm going to start making something change so that I feel good about it. And when that change starts to happen, I realized that that behavior is repeatable. And when that behavior is repeatable, I affirmed that behavior to kind of close the loop 
so that I can make sure that, you know, that really felt good. I really liked it. I'm looking forward to it. I want to do it again. So it's kind of a little cycle of events that happen to push us forward. Heidi, I really appreciate your approach of giving your clients that autonomy to go through that process of trial and error and actually experiencing what it might feel like to have that positive feedback uh, of what a, a healthy habit might feel like. And I think it's important that you're encouraging them to try that versus just telling them because you spoke to how empowering that can be. Um, if I were one of your clients and I just reached out to you and said, I just felt stuck and I didn't know where to start, what would you tell me? Would it be a certain workout, a certain meal plan? Would it be a mindset exercise? What would the first thing we do together be? So Paige, what I would encourage you to think about is um, what is what needs to change in order for you to feel unstuck? Mm -hmm. So we would explore... Um, where you are right now and you would and so maybe you could tell me about what your day is today and really what you would like your day to look like maybe by next week to even two weeks from now but your ideal day so if you'd like we could do that as an example so if you're feeling stuck tell me what your day is like today and then tell me what a day would be like in your ideal world Okay. Well, I think today, you know, maybe I felt a little bit overwhelmed. Like I was checking email after email and I didn't feel like getting up and taking a break from my computer, but in an ideal day, I'd go outside and I'd sit down and eat lunch and not look at my phone or check emails for a full 30 minutes. So what's important for you is to build in breaks in your work day and for you to separate yourself from the environment that keeps you overstimulated and you take yourself outside in order to find rejuvenation and regeneration in order to come back to your work. So it's important for you to have that break. I like that. And I think for me, the way mind, my, the way my mind works would be probably scheduling that in my calendar so I could see that. And then I'd actually take it seriously because I know everyone kind of ticks differently. And that's what's important to see is that you, you thought about it. And that's the first part of change is your thinking. Now it's to envision it. And then once you envision it, then maybe you can try different approaches because depending upon the day, depending upon what's going on in your work situation or family situation, um, you might have to alter something here and there. So flexibility is an important um, technique to practice but there might be some people out there that find it very difficult. They have to stay within their specific structure. So they have to be able to associate a certain feeling, a certain acknowledgement that what they're doing is going to work. Nice. You already have me thinking about being more flexible and how I can integrate these breaks into my day. Yeah, you know, that actually, so the two key themes that you just expressed in helping somebody get unstuck were, they need to be open to experimenting and then observing themselves. But the other thing that the thing that I think is really hel helpful that you shared is that like um, recognizing their wins, even if it's a super small win, because human beings are so easy to beat themselves up of all the things they aren't doing well. So I liked how you really spoke to the theme of, yeah, like celebrate when you do something small, you went beyond the mailbox or you took that, you know, break instead of looking, you know, staying at your desk. Um, during lunch. And then the other theme that I really 
liked that you expressed was that visualization. So um, one thing that I was, that a theme that I feel like is in there, but is, did you didn't say explicitly is this, how much of a role do you think you use in your coaching, um, like the concept of self-compassion and self-love, especially in the context of the last year, mm-hmm. um, and how how much how much power that might have for somebody who wants to get unstuck, like the practice of that. So many people that I talk to can be in a very caregiving situation. So they're so good at it. And they tell me, they say, you know what, I'm so good at taking care of other people. I wish I could take care of myself the same way. So I encourage them to think of themselves as a third party person. Hmm. You are a person that's out there that needs some care. You're expressing a need that's not necessarily getting filled by you just keeping inside yourself. So instead of manifesting and just and and talking negatively to yourself, Let's put you out there so you can see yourself as a different image and encourage yourself to be really empathetic and um, and just really be someone who says, you know, how can I help myself figure this out? And so you would just kind of do some self-talk with yourself and you would actually be more of a problem solver in your own situation and just say, you know, I deserve this and I feel that I need to work on this. And the encouragement of self-love is that nobody knows what you're thinking. Nobody truly, truly understands exactly how you feel at this very instant. Only you do. So you're the only one that can decide how to navigate that journey for yourself. So if you're feeling stuck and mundane and, and, you know, things are just feeling very negative, then maybe the encouragement is to figure out one positive thing per day and then maybe two positive things per day, or maybe even write down what negative thoughts you have and try and restate that in a positive statement instead of a negative statement. And then once that positive information gets rolling for you, then you might find yourself just doing something because Now you feel more light. You don't feel as heavy because negative behavior can feel very heavy. It feels like an extra weight on you. And then you find yourself, oh, you know, I grabbed the carrots instead of the chips. Look at what I just did. That was awesome. And so those small wins, acknowledging them and making them repeatable eventually creates a bigger win. But you have to take each and every little step. And it's just like when you're trying to work your body in a good workout fitness situation, just being a runner is not going to allow you to work your body backwards, sideways, and twisting. That's all forward movement. However, if you can work your, if you can add another addition into running that accommodates that and works your body to muscularly become more endurance wise and strength wise, then all of a sudden your running becomes better. And it's really exciting and invigorating to feel a sense of accomplishment. And then all of a sudden you're running down the road and people are like, Hey, I've seen that person before. Look at them go. And sometimes people honking and waving is a good thing because it's encouraging. And so it's really a positive thing to think, gosh, I've been seeing 
they're they're cheering me on. I'm going to keep going. So not only did you create an internal push to get yourself out there and do something, you got an affirmation from the external world too. And then people start noticing, oh, you you have a well now that um, now that we're uh, seeing that masks aren't used as often, we're actually seeing people's smiles and they're doing it. They're smiling more often. And they're feeling good about this. And then what they need to do is tell themselves, I feel good that I did this. So it's just really an exciting thing to feel a sense of accomplishment. And that's one of your internal motivators to keep you going. I love that the theme of flexibility and adaptability and the uh, ability to pivot came up in our physical fitness routines and our needs to develop that and as well as our mindsets. So that's really cool that you kind of tied the two together. And something that also came to mind is when you were talking about self-love and compassion is maybe if you are one of those people who gained the COVID-19 or the COVID-30, self-compassion is a good place to start, Um, you know, that may be why some people are feeling stuck or a little bit hesitant about getting back into their routine. So especially when it comes to individuals who have gained a significant amount of weight, what would you tell them to do first? What I would encourage someone to say is, is really to figure out the why. Why, why am I wanting to lose weight? What's, what's important for me here? And then also to be just really compassionate with themselves and say, okay, I got here. It's going to take a little while. So the sense of building an accountability with them so that um, in our, in our health coaching sessions, I'll be like, okay, so you've done this. This is done. What we want to do is undo this. So we want to help move you forward. Let's look at what you can do. And so then what you can do is maybe they're drinking more water at first, or maybe they're looking at their sleep patterns a little bit more. But we're looking at things that aren't just a list of things to do. We're looking at compassionate things to do for themselves and encourage them to see themselves as a whole well-being instead of, well, I should go on a diet. Oh, I should exercise. Because giving someone a specific plan can work for a period of time, but they need to own it in order for it to continue. And that's what helps keep you unstuck is owning it and then resharpening it and and getting new stuff to happen for yourself. So if someone says, you know, I really want to lose this weight, my encouragement is to say, well, let's work on the small steps to get you there. So what do you feel are some barriers that stop you from seeing weight loss? And some might say, oh, well, everybody brings donuts into work and things like that because I do work with some nurses um, in the healthcare setting. And so they've been very incredible in helping us through the COVID situation. But then they've also been rewarded with donuts and burritos and things like that. So then they're like, well, I want to do this, but you're giving me food that's not helping me any. So, you know, the encouragement there is to say, okay, well, it's not that you can't have that. You just need to build it in. So maybe you say, um, I like donuts, but today I just choose not to because I know it's going to be there tomorrow. And if I still want it, maybe I do want it tomorrow. So it's more about empowering them in their choices and then saying, okay, how did that work for you? So you give them two or three weeks, you reconnect with them again. And then you say, well, how did that work? Did, did you 
how how did it happen that you were having um, snacks available and what did you do? Well, you know, Heidi, what I did is I, I brought my own snacks in and I saw that the donuts were there and I was happy that I was being appreciated. So I saw it more as an appreciation point than a, oh, I should eat that because I just want that. And I said to myself, you know, I'm appreciated, but I'm also appreciating my body. So I'm going to go eat my snack. I have blueberries and nuts. I have this and this. And then all of a sudden, they just felt so much more positive about that experience that we just tried to build on it again. So I would ask them, so how repeatable do you feel that is? Oh, well, I did it two more times. So it is repeatable to you. Yes. So how would you see yourself doing this three months from now, six months from now, a year from now? Oh, I really like how I feel. So they're associating that positive behavior and they're saying, you know, I think I'm just going to do this because I just really like how I feel. So all of a sudden they've adopted this behavior and they were able to say, you know, donuts have their place, but right now it's not fitting in. And that's okay because that's my choice and I'm being the expert of me. Okay, Heidi, you just said something I feel is really important to like restate because it was such a gem, which is oftentimes when people are trying to make changes, they think that they need this list and this protocol of all these things they quote unquote should do. And you said, instead, look at it as a set of behaviors of self-compassion, like just even the mindset and the like how somebody might feel when they're saying, oh, I'm going to sleep more because I know when I do, then it, my hormones that control my appetite are better regulated. And that's an act of self-compassion, not a, oh, I have to sleep more (laughs) or, oh, you know, I get to gift myself with, you know, some really, you know, nutritious, but still really tasty snacks like blueberries and almonds. But guess what? It doesn't mean that I'm donuts are off the table. It just means in this moment, I'm going to have that. And that's an act of self-compassion so that you just, I love, I can't tell you how much I love just that angle and that little bit of a shift. So a quick thing that I, you know, want to ask you in the theme of gifting ourselves a set of like, you know, compassionate behaviors, activity, physical activity. If somebody were to want to start getting more active, but maybe they're like, oh, exercise just isn't my thing. Or maybe they just feel like daunted. How do you get started? Can you give just maybe a couple simple ways, creative ways that people can create some consistency with gifting themselves more movement? So my encouragement to people who are going to try and start something is to really visualize themselves just moving. So if they come to sit at their desk, maybe they come to sit down, but then they stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down and go on with their work. Mm -hmm. And then when they actually are going to take a break, they go ahead and stand, sit, stand, and then they walk away and they go do what they're doing. That's something Len Kravitz um, from our exercise science at UNM, um, he has, he has been an, an incredible motivator to encourage this small mindless movement in the day. And that's the part that's, that really makes the biggest difference. So if we can just get movement in the day. Okay, well, you know, maybe it's three o'clock and it's a break time. I'm going to go outside and get my mail. So maybe I go out and I walk down, you know, two houses because the break might be kind of short. And so then we come back in and I've gotten more movement into my day. So then once we've advocated little spots of movement, 
And maybe you're reading an email and you could stand up in that time. And if you're, if you're reading that email, you can stand behind your desk and hopefully your chair doesn't move, but you can put your hands on the back of your chair, make sure it's stable. And you can just kick one leg back and then the other leg back. And you can um, pretend like you're kicking a door closed. You can kick the leg straight back. You can hold the leg back and draw circles. And it is amazing the muscles you start to feel in what you were just sitting on. So then you're like, oh, wow. Well, if I just did 10 repetitions on each side, I'll be done reading this email. I'll sit back down and get on with my things. So basically encouraging more oxygen into the body and starting to move uh, just in little caveats of time throughout the day, all of a sudden people are starting to think, oh, maybe I could stretch for three minutes. Maybe I could do five push-ups against the counter. Maybe I could um, walk up and down the stairs, go up the stairs by one, go up the stairs by two, go up the stairs by three. Um, and so all of a sudden you're doing walking lunges. So the encouragement is to start small and then maybe just really find um, YouTube has been incredible. Uh, Presbyterian hosts um, their own fitness classes, so there might be some out there for those that are um, in the Presbyterian system. Um, and then maybe there's um, ones within the workplace that you're working on at this time. So all of a sudden you find like these 30-minute classes and they actually fit into your day because you've gotten more oxygen into your body, so you're more productive, so therefore you got the time. And so it's really kind of exciting, but my encouragement is to think small bouts. So 15, 20 minutes is huge. Three minutes is huge. It's behavior that's repeatable over time that wins. It is not the person just training for the marathon. So Heidi, I definitely heard the Pilates instructor and in you come out when you're talking about those glute kickbacks and I'm sitting up straighter and like squeezing my glutes because I feel like I just want to incorporate those small changes right away. Um, so thank you for that. I definitely feel like just hearing you speak, I do feel like those habits are more attainable and those small changes are something that we can aspire to and work toward. And um, another thing that you said is that you can just take three minutes, five minutes. And what I like about that is that you're not just waiting till Monday or the next month or the next week or whatever it is. You can do that in the moment. So like right now, I'm doing my squeezes and I'm already starting and I feel better. So it's making me smile. Yeah, and I love what you said about how when we invite more oxygen into our body just with those simple little quick breaks, then our productivity and our work actually improves. So therefore, you might be able to find time to go for that 10 minute walk, right? Because you're right, we become stagnant and maybe brain fog. And so our productivity and our actual work maybe, you know, is impacted or diminished. And so it's kind of like this beautiful revolving door. So I really just encourage everybody, you know, to think about movement or sleep or gifting ourselves with nourishing food is kind of all just acts of self-love and, you know, like self-respect instead of thinking of them as like have tos. I think that's really what you gave me today, Heidi, is just this, it's like you're giving yourself gifts essentially um, and just that simple shift in language. So just as a way to wrap up, Heidi, do you have any resources or books that speak to you or maybe, I don't know, an app or um, you, you, you mentioned YouTube for resources for movement, but do you have any other um, resources for our listeners? 
Um, yes, there's a wonderful book out there called Atomic Habits, and it's written by James Clear. And he actually has a website, too. So you can check that out. Um, he really encourages just really good steps on how to either create a healthy habit or to stop a negative habit. And um, what's really what he really speaks about is that if you're creating something, you make it attractive and you make it easy and satisfying. And then if you're trying to get rid of it, you make it unattractive, you make it more difficult, you make it unsatisfying. So you're going to each end of the spectrum there. And so you just kind of have to follow through with that. So he's been an incredible um, advocate in, um, in working through that. And then the other thing is just really understanding the emotional cycle. So um, understanding words that give you, um, they're kind of warning signs. If you find yourself feeling frustrated, overwhelmed, and negative more often, the negative emotional cycle, it's time to say, whoa, I'm feeling something. I need to do something about it. So looking for feelings of contentment, hopefulness, optimism, are ways of really moving forward in the world. So just really paying attention and being aware of your own emotional sense right there. So that's just a tactic and a technique right there. And James Clear is a great one. Um, and then um, just, just deciding that you are the one that's empowered. So really giving yourself that empowerment is really um, what I highly encourage because you can read lots of different things. You can see different types of videos out there. You can listen to podcasts. You can, because um, there's some great ones that are out there, but ultimately you have to decide to allow that information to come in and you have to decide how it speaks to you. So I want to encourage you to be the expert of you. Thanks, Heidi. Here we are halfway through 2021 almost, and I'm definitely feeling more positive and optimistic in some of those words that you said. So thank you for leaving us with that feeling. Well, thank Thanks. you for inviting me. Thanks, Heidi. Heidi's insights as a seasoned health coach provide us with simple and practical steps to get unstuck from some patterns or behaviors that may have formed during the challenging year of 2020, including how our emotions are at the root of our behaviors. So taking pause to understand the emotions and thoughts that drive your behaviors is an important piece of changing your behavior. Heidi also invites us to view behavior change as a gift of self-compassion rather than just another, I have to do this or I should do this. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Wellness Connections with the Solutions Group. To learn more about what the Solutions Group does, join us on solutionsbiz.com.